What's up, everybody? Zach here. One of your two favorite pairs of balls in the podcasting game. Since corporate America is still sleeping on your boys, and we don't have any advertisements to promote right now, in lieu of that, we're accepting Venmo donations of $2 for whatever you'd like us to say on the podcast. As long as it's not anything hateful, mean, cruel, anything that'll get us canceled, anything extremely negative, we'll go ahead and say it. If it's a joke, if it's something loving, if it's just something fun, if it's you talking about Paul Pierce sharding, for example, we're all about it. Just go ahead and Venmo Sean-Janos, $2, and he'll say whatever, and then go ahead and Venmo Zach-Lane-15, $2, and I'll read whatever you want. Thanks a lot, everybody. Now back to the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of the Balls Out Podcast. It is Wednesday night. It's around 9 o'clock and earlier today, I got some terrific news. <laughs> it, it was announced that Kemba Walker was going to be signing with the New York Knicks after being bought out by the Thunder at like an $8 million contract that puts me and my co-host, Zach, in the same fandom. Zach, how do you feel about that? I... For one, I'm I'm very conflicted. I couldn't be happier, but I also feel like you're a bandwagon at the same time. So Are you kidding me, dude? It's it's a little bit of a tough spot you're putting me in here. I just don't know if you're fully committed to the Knicks way of life of being a Knicks fan. I, I right now I'm a little bit doubting of your dedication to the cause is what I'm saying. Hey man, just know as long as Kemba's around, I'm around. All right, that's all I want. That's that's really all I needed to hear. I mean, Kemba, what did we sign him to a one-year deal, man? <laughs> so I might yeah, I might have you for one year. New York's his home, man. What happens? So the team that Kemba retires with, are you going to be a fan of that team forever? Is that how it's going to go, or are you going to pick a new player? I'm going to hope that. UConn wins a national championship between now and then, <laughs> and whoever leads the team to that national championship, I can uh, latch on to. Or maybe you could just be you could be a James Booknight fan now, <laughs> and you could just follow. Oh, that wouldn't be too bad. You could go back to the Hornets. Back to the Hornets, and then he'll go from the Hornets to the fucking Celtics, and then the Thunder for like two or three days, and then get traded to the Knicks again. You know, it's uh oh. Well, I could have been a Thunder fan for a hot second after Melo went there, too. But True, a full season. It seems like New York is just a good home. It's a good fandom home. And maybe you'll find it as cozy oh. as I do. You sound like a real estate agent. <laughs> I'm really I'm trying to sell you on it, dude. Property in New York's expensive, so... Uh, it's tough. To take, get, get approved for a pretty hefty loan. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely good to love them from afar <laughs> and not not be a hometown dedicated Knicks fan. It's good to just just plant your Knicks flag wherever you go in a much cheaper location. <laughs> oh, gotcha. So, like, moving to, like, Hoboken or Harlem or something? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Or just be homeless in New York and then be a Knicks fan. Oh, that's kind of how it feels being on a one-year deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just—it's a quick rental. 
I mean, if you're homeless, you can just camp outside of MSG, so then you could really be there for all the Ooh. games. Say, so that's real dedication right there. That's hype. I'm excited to watch a lot of Knicks games this year. They had a great season last year. Oh, now he's I all I think aboard. they improved. Now he's fucking all of I am on board. I am on fucking board, baby. I agree, though. They definitely, they definitely did improve with this offseason. They fucking hosed it with the draft, but... They made that's fine. Something happened. They're contending now. Well, contending is strong. <laughs> contending for, I mean, you can be contending for a lot of things. We should clarify what they're contending for. I think they're still contending for a championship. A, I think they're still contending for a four or five seed for sure. Hey, maybe they can win a first round matchup with Kemba. That, that'd be progress, dude. I'd be fucking hype about it. That'd be fucking hype. So. With Kemba going to the Knicks, um, that kind of like negate, negates our whole rap battle from last week, where we went at each other for our fandoms. I take back everything I well, said. Well, let's not say negates. Let's not try and take it back now. What happened? <laughs> the results are there. Yeah, yeah. You dusted me, so I need a chance to redeem myself, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do so with a, a peace offering rap to warm. <laughs> To warmly embrace me into Nick's fandom. My arms are wide open right now. They're ready for an embrace. You just you say the words, I'll decide if you're getting squeezed. Alright, I need you to drop me a beat for this. this we need to work together. Alright, here's a completely original beat I just thought of off the top of my head. Oh, a new one? Brand new. Nobody's ever heard this before. Oh, terrific. <laughs> Alright, drop... <laughs> It was all a dream. The Knicks are now my favorite team. Uh. Yeah, you said that Nick fans had dicks the size of drink cans. It's about time we linked man instead of rooting for teams in Dinkland. New York about to run like a sink can. Bringing color to my life like a, a pink crayon. Eyes glued to the screen like a, a blink ban. New York, New York, those other teams stink, fam. <laughs> yeah. All right, that was fucking awesome, dude. You actually slayed that Tight, one. Tight, right? Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I had to, just so everyone knows, that was not off the top. I am a writer through <laughs> and through. I had to come in prepared, ready to redeem myself. That's Came up with a... Uh, an elaborate rhyme scheme for myself and uh, really racked my brain and worked hard on that one so I hope everyone liked it well I liked it and I'm the only one you were trying to impress because I am the delegate of Nick's fandom culture and they entrust me with making the right decisions on who or who who can <laughs> who or who who can or cannot join the squad and you know what Sean you punched your ticket dude you fucking nailed it Let's fucking go! Congratulations! I'm going to New York! This is a Knicks podcast, baby! <laughs> Balls out, now officially a New York Knicks podcast. Sponsored by the Knicks, right? <laughs> yeah, James Dolan, please. Please. Sponsored by the New York Municipal Department, yeah! <laughs> yeah. We'll let uh, Dolan make the... Uh, the the theme music to uh, our podcast if he sponsors us. I, I don't agree with that. <laughs> we plug him, he plugs us. I would rather not be associated with James Dolan anyway, no matter how much <laughs> fucking money he's giving us, dude. 
Wow. I'll yank that fedora off his fucking dink-ass head. <laughs> <laughs> you like how I worked the word dink into the rap, too? Yeah, I was very happy about it. <laughs> it, was, it was like, he can't be rhyming inks without dink coming in there. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's the one. That's the one that really gave you VIP access. <laughs> you were on. Let's you were on Nick's fan ground floor before that. You said dig skybox instantly. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. All right, so let's jump right in to the past few days of free agency. Free agency opened up on Monday. It is now Wednesday. We've had three full days, and they have been action packed. It is Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready. It has been pretty crazy. There have been very expected deals, very unexpected deals, uh, and the Lakers mm-hmm. have just made every probably crazy deal they probably could have ever done. <laughs> but the most surprising yeah, they've, yeah. team they've compiled. I did not expect anything like this from the Lakers this offseason. No, no, no. Uh, they heard everyone roast them for their spacing problem when they signed Westbrook, or when they um, traded for Westbrook. So they went out and just signed a bunch of veteran shooters like Mello, Trevor Ariza, Kent Bazemore, and then youngsters that can youngsters that can let it fly too. Oh yeah, Kendrick Nunn, Malik Monk, among among others. Malik Monk. I'm baby. a big fan of the Monk signing. Listen, I've Huge. I've been sucking Malik Monk forever. I've still been on the Malik Monk train, even though he was struggling in Charlotte. And mm-hmm. fucking Bill Simmons likes to say he's the only one on Malik Monk Island. Guess what, dude? There's a there's a pretty little two person tent camped out there actually <laughs> that your boys posted yeah. up in. Oh yeah, I I definitely never sold my stock. I was a fan of him when uh, Charlotte drafted him, and he played alongside Kemba for a year or two. And he re- he really did struggle off the rip. He was a, a lottery pick out of Kentucky. A lot of uh, a lot of buzz around him. Um, I remember you were pretty upset when the Knicks passed on him to draft Frank Ntilikina, rightfully so. And now where's Frank Ntilikina? Uh, I know, I know the Knicks let him walk. Has anyone signed him? Don't think so. Might be going. Yikes! Might just be having a ball playing for the France national team right now in the Olympics, and might just fucking re up there when the uh, regular season comes around. Well, another Frenchie that's in the the Olympics is uh, Evan Fournier, who the Knicks uh, offered the bag to. This is a, a decent bag, not not too crazy. <laughs> yeah, just just south of uh, twenty a year, um, four years, seventy eight mil. It was uh, it was. It was a sh- it was a plastic shopping bag. It was five cents. It was it wasn't one of these cute cloth tote bags that we were filling up for Evan Fournier. So under under twenty mil a year, I feel like is pretty good. It certainly wasn't the Steph Curry Gucci bag that he was handed four years, <laughs> two hundred and fifteen million. Oh my god, legendary! Or the Jimmy Butler fucking <laughs> mega gold brick extension bag that'll have him. Being yeah. paid what, like fifty three million at thirty six years old? Yeah, I don't like that one. I don't really like that deal. I mean, I get the Heat have to commit to him, and they're making a title run ASAP. But that long of a commitment is scary to someone like Jimmy. Yeah, he doesn't really have a jump shot. It relies a lot on his uh, his athletic build. Yeah, well, that's another one that goes along with the uh, 
It's like the Jimmy Butler deal that's going to be paying him $50 million at age 36. The Chris Paul deal that'll be paying him for, uh, $30 million at mm-hmm. age 40. Which most yeah. guys just don't play to, let alone make uh, in the top 10% of salaries in the league at. <laughs> yeah, Mike Conley will be making <laughs> like $25 million in his year 35 season. With the Jazz. A little scary for a guy that just made his first all-star team as a replacement this year. <laughs> yeah, and battled injuries all year. Yep. All, all, all career. <laughs> oh, literally all fucking career. And also your boy Kyle Lowry making $30 million a year until like his age 38 season. Right. So the Heat made these... They seem very nearsighted, the deals, the Jimmy Butler and the Kyle Lowry deal. It's like a push to contend right now. Yeah. And they'll pay for the consequences later. But you know what? I feel like they're doing a good job still of straddling the line between win now and building for later because still have Tyler Hero at 22 years old, 21, 22 years old, something Mm -hmm. like that. Bam. On a good rookie contract. Good rookie contract. Bam just got his extension. He's, what, 23? Right around there. Mm -hmm. Duncan Robinson's 27, so he's kind of straddling the middle between the young guys and the veterans. Um, Yep, and they just locked him up for five years, 90 mil. Locked him up for a lot of money. And, and, I mean, they got rid of Precious Achua in the deal to get Kyle Lowry. They let Kendrick Nunn walk, so they let a couple of young guys go, unfortunately, but still having Hero, Bam, Duncan Robinson at 27. Like, I feel like that's still... uh, from what Hero showed in the playoffs two years ago, from what Bam's been consistently, that's still a pretty good young core right there. Right. Another important piece that they let walk, he's a, an, aging, an aging guy, um, Goran Dragic. Yes. Well, they didn't let him walk. They gave him uh, in the sign-in trade for Kyle Lowry. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. So he's with the so Raptors So he's now. with the Raptors. And there's anticipation that the Raptors are going to try and flip him, potentially, before the season starts. Right, and there's a lot of buzz around him joining his uh, Slovenian friend over in Dallas. Oh, yeah. His son. Glasses. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's our son. Goran <laughs> Dragic can't come and be fucking daddy to our boy. <laughs> I'm not going to allow it. I, I do want him to go to Dallas. They really need the uh, secondary ball handler, someone to alleviate a lot of the creating responsibilities of Luka. They didn't fill that need in free agency. They did a really good job, I think, re-signing um, Tim Hardaway Jr. to a deal that's not egregious. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like them keeping him. We we mentioned on last week's pod that um, that should be a top priority of theirs to keep him around. They went out and they got um, they poached uh, who my my favorite Nick was last year, uh, Reggie Bullock, Reginald. Um, Sir Reginald. Yep, a three and D wing. You could always use a three and D wing. You know, always. He was playing tough D on Trey Young in our series, even though Trey averaged thirty on us. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't have great defense, Reggie. Tried. Like, get the fuck out of New York. Right. So I like that sign by Dallas, but I think Goron would fill their biggest uh, offseason need. Yeah. What I will say is really good about the Tim Hardaway contract is they signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to the same contract that the Knicks signed Tim Hardaway Jr. to four years ago. When we overpaid the shit that out of him, because he wasn't because he was nearly bad. as good as he is now. 
and right. we gave him that contract, and now the Mavericks just got him for the same contract when he's way better. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, good move, Smart good move, move by them right there. Mark Cuban's a businessman. He knows uh, to pay an appreciating asset. Yeah, he knows what's up. He knows money. But uh, oh yeah, they definitely do need secondary ball handler slash just another guy to get the ball out of Luca's hands because right now just another guy, it's a guy, maybe a dude, maybe a bro. Haven't really figured that out yet. Got into the specifics, but they just need somebody else that can handle the ball because right now they're just doing the fucking Houston Rockets James Harden deal where one guy just handles the ball all the time and then inevitably gets tired because he's running the entire offense all the time and then flames out in the playoffs and that's that happened to the Rockets every year that's happened to the Mavericks even though they've played the Clippers which are a better team two years in a row in the playoffs but it's just way too predictable of an offense it makes it a lot easier just to load up on one guy when the other guys aren't used to making plays off the ball or making plays Mm -hmm. on the ball when they get it when you force it out of his hands so getting somebody like Goran Dragic I think would be really huge for the Mavericks and also Luka has so much experience playing with him on the national team where that'd just be like a hand and glove fit right there yeah they got great chemistry so we moved off the heat already but we failed to mention Victor Oladipo Mm. He signed with them. the The specifics have not been released, but I'm reading speculations on unverified reports that it's for the veterans' minimum. Wow. Yeah. All the deep. So it's a real bet. Yeah, a real bet on yourself deal. I think it's a real fucking fall from grace right there. Yeah, I think he just completed like a four year, ninety million dollar deal. And he was All NBA three years ago. Um, I know he was definitely an all-star. Did he make an all-NBA team? I think he made all-NBA third team his first year at the Pacers, actually. That's impressive. Yeah, so he's got a lot of talent. It's just a matter of if he can stay healthy and how he'll recover from injury. Yeah, which has not looked good in any of the years past his quad injury, so... Right. He just hasn't been able to... He hasn't been able to stay healthy at all, so... I think that that's the main problem with Oladipo. Yeah, what's nice is I expect him to come off the heat. I mean, come off the bench with the heat. So he could be like a twenty-minute game off the bench spark plug guy. I guess he does a lot of the same things Tyler Hero does. <laughs> I mean, he's supposed to be a good defender if he can, like, <laughs> you know, if he can get back to his athletic self. Yeah, twenty seventeen eighteen, right. he was All NBA third team. Oh, wow. Nice. So that's pretty crazy. He was also all defensive first team that year. So if he can get his athleticism back, he's a big time lockup defender and just a really good overall player. So that'd be a huge. I mean, I feel like the Heat season almost rides on Victor Oladipo because if he's really good, he could take them over the top. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Victor Oladipo returns to like near all-star levels, he could take the heat over the top because then they have four guys that are basically all-stars. Another great sign they made was picking up P.J. Tucker on a cost-effective deal. Uh, two years, $15 million. That was two years, $15 million? Yep. I didn't know that. I actually don't think that deal is very good, dare I say it. 
I mean, he was just in the starting five on the team that won the championship. He was. Bobby Portis got two years, nine million, and he came off the bench. I know. I'd rather have Bobby Portis mm-hmm. for two years, nine million, than I would PJ Tucker, just because he's getting older right. and offensively. Yeah, he's pretty old. Offensively, he was a fucking basically a zero in that entire series. Right. What's nice is the Heat don't need him to be. Well, they need him to stand in the corner and shoot there just like he does. That's true. If he can knock down open threes, then he'll be a good addition for them. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're trying to fill that void that Jay Crowder left from the year prior. Yeah. Which I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're really gonna do with PJ Tucker. Uh, right. Uh, Jay Crowder's. I think Jay Crowder's a little bit underrated, just as how good he is, just as like being pretty malleable between the three and four spots, being able to slide between defend bigger guys, defend like smaller, faster guys. Like Jay Crowder's. Jay Crowder's just very solid at this point. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was just in the starting five on the runner-up. Yeah, exactly. He's. I mean, yeah. yeah, I guess he's basically just younger P.J. Tucker. Right, and he was in the starting five on the runner-up last year, too, when he was on the Heat. Yeah. Oh, you know what, actually? Jay Carter's not a winner. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out on him, dude. P.J. Tucker all the way. All right, so other big names we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Che Gildas-Alexander signed the five-year extension with the Thunder, worth $172 million, the max. That's awesome. That's really good for the Thunder, because I love Shea. Right, this really seems to go hand-in-hand hand with uh, the Kemba move. Mm-hmm. Clearing space there. They, they drafted uh, drafted some guards in... Um, uh, who was the sixth pick? His name's escaping me. Oh, Josh Giddy. Giddy. They, yep, they drafted Giddy. They drafted Trey Mann. Giddy about Giddy, dude. Giddy about Giddy. So, it was, a, it was pretty crowded up there. They had to get rid of Kemba. Mm-hmm. Most people, it was expected that he'd be moved. I'm just happy it happened. <laughs> oh, man, I'm really we, happy it was the Knicks. I'm really happy we have a Knicks podcast now because of it. <laughs> so thank oh, you, yeah. thank you, Oklahoma City. Thank you. Oklahoma City just paid about seventy million dollars to bring <laughs> us a bring us a full on Knicks podcast. <laughs> Huge! Thank you so much, fucking OKC. You guys are <laughs> man. Shout out. We don't even need you to sponsor us if you're to pay that kind of money just to hook us up. <laughs> uh, this next big name. This happened just a little bit ago. John Collins got the contract he was looking for. He said he was demanding a five-year $125 million. That's exactly what he got. Dude, that's pretty hype. To be demanding it and to flex like that is so sick. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he'll live up to it, that's yet to be seen. I'm conflicted on him because he's a lob threat. He, he was knocking down threes by the end of last year. I'll I guess he's an okay defender. I can tell you, I fucking love John Collins, dude. I think John Collins is such a good player, and I think in the playoffs with the Hawks, he was even a little bit marginalized just compared to like what he can normally do because he's such an athletic guy. He's actually just a pretty decent shooter from outside, and he can kind of do a decent amount with the ball on his own when he gets it. And he last year in the playoffs, he really just bought into his role, played like as good of defense as he could, and just like took the open shots he got, made the cuts to the rim when Trey was going to the basket to get some lobs and everything. So the fact that he was a young guy 
coming off his rookie deal, looking for a big contract, and still bought into his role in the playoffs instead of trying to show off, I think that shows a lot about John Collins. I, I, I gotta agree. Because I think John Collins on a team like the Kings could probably average like 25 and 10. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I think he's better suited as a small ball center. And it's tough when he's playing next to Capella. But. Yeah. I I would probably agree with that. I, I don't think he has the defensive ability as a small ball center, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, that's, he's got the body and the athleticism for it. It'd, it'd be nice if he could grow into that role. Yeah. I think I think maybe he could. I think he's probably right now just a little too slim. Um, just mm-hmm. not, like, developed enough yet. But maybe by the time Capella's contract is over, maybe they'll be ready to slide him over, and maybe that's why they agreed to five-year 125 for him, because they see him as, like, the long-term solution there. That would be nice. He'd, be, he'd fill in the, the lob threat role. He can get up there, throw it down. He's got good hands. Yeah, the fucking alley-oop off the backboard from Trey in the playoffs was disgusting. Yep. So nasty. Um, two more big names. These two go together. Lonzo Ball and DeMar DeRozan. <sighs> Both signed with the Bulls. Lonzo, four years, 85 mil. Lonzo was four-year 85 because DeRozan's three-year 85. Yes. Yep, exactly. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, I like both deals. Um, the Bulls, they had to make moves to make to keep Levine happy. He's come, he's going into a contract year. They got to surround him with help. They traded for Vucevic at the deadline last year. They had two more big pieces. They retained Patrick Williams. They retained Kobe White. Um... Lori Markkinen is still unsigned. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think they have to bring him back. Lori Markkinen. Yeah, Lori Markkinen. So what do you think of the Bulls situation? So, I think that Bulls starting five is fucking dynamite, dude. You got mm-hmm. Lonzo at the one. It's basically Lonzo at the one, Levine at the two, DeRozan at the three, Patrick Williams at the four, Vucevic at the five. The defense is Very fair. solid. Yeah, the, the defense is definitely not good. Um, Patrick Williams was a good defender as a rookie. Lonzo's a good defender as a guard. It's polarizing. Um, Zach Levine, maybe Zach Levine will be a better defender now that he has more offensive help because last year he averaged twenty seven a game and did basically everything for the Bulls. And right, one thing, one thing I'm hearing, um, I haven't been able to watch much of the Olympic uh, of Olympic basketball, but I've been hearing this that he's been relied on as a yeah as a defensive stopper, and he's bought in. And hopefully yeah. that's something he carries with him into this season. He's added something to his game every year. Last year he was passing and playmaking. He was he was pinned as a, a one trick pony. He, he only uh, scores. This year, maybe that thing he adds to his game is uh, buy in on defense. Yeah, and last year he averaged twenty seven a game because he could and because he had to just to do for the Bulls to win any games. Uh, this year he has so much offensive help. I think he can average. He can average less than 27 a game for sure and still be like a really good player and still be the top option. But 
I think he could be a little bit less than that. And or maybe he's still in the 25, 26, 27 range, but he doesn't have to try as hard individually to get there because he's getting set up from other guys a lot easier and getting easier looks. So maybe mm-hmm. that way he's scoring a more efficient 25 to 27 but trying a lot harder on defense. I think that can happen just with the playmaking that DeRozan brings, the playmaking that Lonzo brings, mm-hmm. the scoring threat that DeRozan is, now the shooting threat that Lonzo is too. And yep. just Vooch the off- is a gifted passer. I would say the full-on offensive threat that Vooch is, too. Like, Vooch was over 20 points a game. DeRozan was over 20 a game. Levine was over 20 a game. They have, like, big-time scorers on this roster now. So this offense should be... And good passers. Like, this offense should be fucking dynamite. Mm -hmm. And um, they messed around with a lot of three-guard lineups last year, and they are lousy with guards now. They have all the guys that we mentioned. Lonzo, Levine, Colby White. Um, They signed... Uh, fucking Caruso. Alex Caruso, baby. Yep. So they got plenty. They can run, trot out a lot of three guard lineups with solid defense. Caruso's a really good defender. Yeah. Lonzo's an elite defender. Um, Kobe White and Zach Levine, not so. Maybe Levine will be this year. Kobe White defense hasn't been his thing. Yeah. But. But he could. They learn. can run. Yeah, they can run teams off the floor. Yeah, I would say they should be one of the. I mean, they should be one of the top five, top ten offenses in the league, without a doubt. Where do you have them in the East? Where do you think uh, they rank among the Eastern Conference teams? I want to put them ahead of the Sixers just for fun, dude. Um, I feel like the top three is the top three is Brooklyn, Milwaukee, the Heat, New York. <laughs> the top. The top four is the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks G League team. <laughs> uh, but I think I think the top three is Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and the Heat. The Sixers, they haven't done anything besides get Drummond as the backup center. I think the Ben Simmons trade nice. is going to come before the season starts. But mm-hmm. yep, still big question mark around Philly. Yeah, still a huge question mark. They were a good regular season team last year, so I doubt they would take a step back in regular season anyway this year. One free agency move that they made that I absolutely adored that flew under the radar was re-signing uh, Korkmaz for a three- or $15 million deal. They locked him up long-term, five year, uh, five million a year, and he is exactly what they need, a flamethrower shooter. I think it's... I mean, I, I think that's just fine. Corkmaz doesn't really fucking get me chubbed up or anything like that. He's just... I'm, I'm a fan. I think he's a decent player. He's just not, like, anything fucking extraordinary. He was 37% from three last year. It's good. He was 40% from the field. <laughs> like That's not good. <laughs> he averaged nine points a game. All right, you got him for $5 million a year. That's pretty fine, I guess, but... That's not anything that changes like the Sixers for me. I mean, he's only twenty three. He's only twenty three years old. So, yeah, yeah. The thing is, he has those those uh, those games where he scores seven, plays like ten minutes. But he also has games where you know maybe they're lacking a little depth. Maybe uh, Seth's out. Maybe Mac or uh, yeah, Mac- Maxi or Matisse are out, and they need a, a wing to play more minutes. He can in twenty five minutes. He can put up twenty. 
He can get hot. I was going to say, he could get hot and score like 13 sometimes. It's pretty nasty. Right. Uh, Yeah, but, I mean, offensively, it's weird because just like the difference between the Sixers and the Bulls is pretty much just offense-defense right now. It's like the Sixers have such a better defense, and I think the Bulls have a far better offense than the Sixers have. So it'll be interesting to see, but I think the Bulls... Fuck it, dude. Uh, I'll slot them in. I'll slot them in at the four. I'll say they're better than the Sixers. Wow. You think they're better than the Hawks? Yes. I actually, like, I think the Bulls are going to be really good, dude. I... People have just really been underrating DeRozan since he's gotten to San Antonio, and mostly because they made the playoffs as a lower seed and then missed the playoffs. But DeRozan's grown into a really good, just, he's been a really good scorer forever. He's a really good passer now. But having DeRozan, Vooch, and Zach Levine all as 20-plus per game scorers, all pretty good passers. Lonzo, a good passer, good shooter, good defender. They have a lot of offense out there together. And the cool thing is, I feel like all those guys just get it done in different ways, too. Like, Lonzo's mostly off-ball spot-ups and cuts and fast break. Zach Levine's kind of like, give me the ball, I'll do whatever. I'll take pull-up threes and I'll drive to the rack and dunk on people. DeRozan's like, yeah, let me get a dude. I'll kind of post people up, do like little mid-range step-backs and like finesse moves on guys. And then Vooch's like, okay, I can post up or I can shoot the three. So, it's not really a lot of redundant skill sets either. So, I feel like all those guys operate at different parts of the court where they can all feel like very well coexist together. And mm. with the passing, make like it, if Scott Brooks does it right, or not Scott Brooks, Billy Donovan, thinking of just all these ex fucking Thunder coaches. Uh, <laughs> if Billy Donovan can do it right, they can have a really beautiful offense. I agree. I'm not quite sure what to do with them. Um, it's funny because they can like hang and score with the Nets, who are the best team in the East. But if they run up against like a Milwaukee or a Philly that plays good defense and kind of makes it a grinded out game, I can, or the Heat even, I can see it being a big problem for them. It's tough. It's tough because they have. I feel like they almost have too many offensive weapons where even as a good defensive team, it's tough to shut everybody down at once. Right. Like, even as Milwaukee, like, okay, you can throw... I guess you would throw, like, Drew on Zach Levine, you'd throw Middleton on DeRozan, and then Giannis on Vooch. And that's... You're probably locking them up at that point. Lonzo's not really doing anything on his own. But still, like... It takes it take very tough defense to shut all of those guys down like all at the same time. Right. And then you're relying uh, on Patrick Williams to stop Giannis. I mean, what do you mean relying on? You're, you're very happily giving Patrick Williams the assignment. <laughs> it's too easy. All right. I think I think we've run through most of the big. Oh, there's one more. Uh, Jared Allen. Oh, there we go. I was just gonna bring that up too. Yeah, he's signed with the the Cavs five years, a hundred million dollars. That's nine digits, folks. Yeah, that's what we call an oof in the chat right there. As soon as you see Jared Allen signed for twenty million a year, 
Yeah, they, they just drafted their center of the future and then locked up a uh, guy for $20 million a year for five years. Yeah, and Jared Allen, as much as he showed so far in his career, has not <laughs> shown that he can be an all-star. So $20 million a year for a center for a guy that can't be an all-star, it seems pretty crazy. I mean, I guess... It probably costs a lot of money to keep up with that hairdo with that fucking fresh afro. So maybe <laughs> maybe they were paying him just to keep it stylish. But the most points and rebounds Jared Allen has averaged in a season was the total of last season. He averaged 12 points, 10 rebounds. He's one of those guys who can have a 20-20 game, and then the next day he'll have an 11-8. and eight. And I guess that averages out. Yeah, exactly. Like, he really averages as just being, like, kind of a regular double-double guy, which he's still young. He's only 22 years old. He's definitely going to keep getting better, but I don't see him as, like, that much. He's not, like, an insanely better player than Nerland's Noel is right now, I feel like. No, like, there's all these, like, Nerland's just signed, like, for $10 million a year. Uh, JaVale just signed for five. Dwight signed for the minimum. These are all guys that have the same skill set. They're mid-tier rim runners. Yeah, Capella. I mean, Capella's like kind of the best it gets out of that kind of mid-tier, like that rim running bunch. And what does he get? Eighteen, seventeen. Yeah, yeah, he gets paid less, and he's yeah. really he's really fucking good at it. He and just did it on the Eastern Conference Finals. Team. Yeah, has been doing it, like, has done it in the playoffs for multiple teams at this point. So, giving Jared Allen that contract, I feel like that's fucking outrageous. I also don't feel like that's a very yeah. tradable contract either. No. You'd have to give up something to have someone take that off your hands eventually, I think. Yeah. I feel like having Jared Allen... I feel like just, like... It's one of those things where, like, all right, you're like, okay, we'll resign, like, resign him to keep the asset, but it's like, maybe that's not really an asset. Like, maybe that's actually kind of a fucking bummer for your team to have that. Right. Yeah. Like, I would much rather have a JaVale for $5 million. Yeah. A Dwight at the minimum. Something like that. Even Tristan Thompson at, like, what does he make? Like, nine. Even fucking Jeff Green, dude, at, like, Two years, ten million or whatever. Then, like you play Evan Mobley at the yep. five, and, or and Jeff Green. It's like interchangeable. I'm happy you brought up Jeff Green because I wanted to move move over to him with the Nuggets. I really like that signing. That's a big name. It's still a big name in the league, Uncle Jeff. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what the Nuggets needed. They need someone to fill. He's not as good as Jeremy Grant, but they were missing that guy who can guard fours, can guard big wings. Yeah, and can also just... Isn't that, isn't that a Drake song, Big Wings? I got a really... Yeah, I think it was like, I got a really big team, they need some really big wings. <laughs> yeah. He, the, he definitely dropped it before the wing shortage that's going on in America right now. <laughs> but it's... The, right. It definitely, it definitely still makes sense now. Mm-hmm. They're becoming no strings. That's like the gristle <laughs> that comes on the end of the wing. Yeah, exactly. Better be no strings. Better just pull right off the bone, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I do feel like 
Jeff Green is fucking perfect for the Nuggets because he can also just play spot minutes at the five when Jokic comes out of the game, which is huge because they just don't have a lot of center options at this point. And they're going small ball no matter what. And Jeff Green is one of the best just, like, small ball five shooting options where, like, he can kind of hang on defense and he can space the floor for you. So I think that's huge. Yeah, another team that kind of filled that need was the the Jazz getting Rudy Gay for two years, 12 mil. That's true. That's huge. He doesn't do too much anymore, but (laughs) the Jazz ran into that problem in the playoffs where the Clippers spaced him out and made Rudy unplayable. So they picked up another Rudy of the gay variety, and (laughs) they can rely on him to play small ball five minutes. Do you think Rudy Gay will start over Gobert in the playoffs? Uh, yes. <laughs> if you were the coach, definitely. Yeah. The UConn guy, of course. If you were the coach, Rudy Gobert just wouldn't show up ever. <laughs> You'd say, oh, dude, actually the game got canceled tomorrow. <laughs> it actually got postponed to Thursday. Just don't, don't, just don't come to the arena. I think the Jazz might be the first team in history to have two Rudy Gs on their team. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, dude. Think about it. Now if they get fucking Rudy Giuliani, bro, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be killing it, man. What's up with dudes with a G last name being named Rudy? We have to get to the bottom of this. It's fucking amazing, man. <laughs> then, they have, then they can have three ineffective Rudys. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Uh there's an- another big name that... Oh, no, there's two more big names that we uh, haven't talked about. Um, first one, this is one I can't believe we've missed. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, three years, 62 mil to Washington. Oh, yeah, I like that a lot after the Westbrook trade. See, I don't love it. Like, what's the Wizards' plan? I think the Wizards' plan is just, like, to be as good as they can be around Bradley Beal, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. I think they're going to be competitive. Like, how competitive? Like, a play-in team? Again? Uh, so they have... So now it's Dinwiddie, Beal, KCP, Kuzma, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura. Uh, who was the other Gonzaga? They drafted Corey Kisper. Yeah. They drafted Denny Avdia. I, I don't know. This is... It's an interesting team. They have... They have a lot of wings now, which is pretty cool because it seems like every team wants fucking 3 and D wings, so there's a chance they could just flip these guys at some point if they want to anyway. And I don't know, that's like a pretty, I'd say that's a pretty decently competitive team. If Thomas Bryant is healthy, because Thomas Bryant is fucking legit, and the guy that they got as center last year was Daniel Gafford, who was just absolutely fucking <laughs> grinding, but I think because he was being spoon-fed by Westbrook so much. We'll see how much the Daniel Gafford reign continues. Yeah, Westbrook tricked people into thinking that Steven Adams had an offensive skill (laughs) set. Yeah, Westbrook tricked people... Westbrook tricked multiple teams into giving Steven Adams over $20 a year, which is fucking outrageous. (laughs) So... Westbrook is capable of fucking magic. We'll see what Dinwiddie can do there. I, I think the roster... At least this Wizards roster has, like, 8 to 10 really, like, competent NBA players. And if Bradley Beal's <laughs> playing well, if Spencer Dinwiddie comes back at, like, a decent 
pace. Uh, this team, they could be playing or better. They'll definitely be. I mean, they'll definitely be playing no matter what. I think they could be. I don't know. The East is like getting semi-competitive. I guess. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough because we haven't even talked. Uh, we talked about the Knicks, but we haven't even talked about how good the Knicks could be. Right. They have. They were a four seed last year, and they've definitely gotten better this off season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if it was a down year for the rest of the East. The Knicks could be right around the four or five seed again, or if Kemba actually hits, and if Kemba's playing at near All Star level, and if Fournier's bringing the shot creation and the perimeter passing, and just like that kind of second release type guy that they needed beside Randall last year, this could be a fucking legitimately really good Knicks team. I agree. Um, another team that could be anywhere from like. <laughs> The, four, the third or fourth best to play in range is the Celtics. Yep. It's, they haven't, they've been extremely quiet this free agency period. They signed Enos Cantor uh, and let Semi Ojale walk. I think losing <laughs> Semi is addition by subtraction. That guy stinks. Yeah, I agree. Semi, any Celtics fan of my life has just bitched about how bad Semi is. The next one mm-hmm. would be if they could somehow banish Grant Williams to the Shadow Realm, then all oh, Celtics God. fans would fucking rejoice. <laughs> It'd be like a fucking championship parade just for letting a player leave. Yeah, but hang a banner. Sammy's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alright, last big name. Andre Drummond. One year deal to be a backup center to Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. <laughs> Fucking amazing, dude! I love it. I love. Uh, love I love the it? signing. I love the signing. Not. I mean, I I actually love it for the Sixers for the value because Andre Drummond as your backup center is fucking amazing. The guy led the league in rebounds for like five of the last six mm-hmm. years or something like that. It's like but, they upgraded the Dwight Howard spot. Yeah. Exactly. They basically just flip flop with the Lakers. The Lakers got Dwight back, and then the Sixers got Drummond. Uh, but <laughs> the best part is just the fact that Joel Embiid has flamed Drummond on social media every single fucking time he's played him head to head. It seems like since he came to the league, all he does oh, yeah. is just post Instagram posts of him dunking on Andre Drummond and calling Drummond trash. And then now Drummond is his backup. I want to so maybe... see some. I want to see some clips of uh, scr- uh scrimmages in 76ers practices. Yeah, right. That's what I was just gonna say. I want to see like Embiid just post a fucking picture after practice of <laughs> him <laughs> dunking on Drummond. It's <laughs> just like, damn, this guy still can't handle me. <laughs> Drummond's <laughs> just so fucking sad when he comes in for like 15 minutes a game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it, the fall from grace for Drummond is pretty huge, but maybe he can show his value on this deal with the Sixers and get something better next offseason. I agree. All right, so we're gonna head to the break here. Um, when we come back, we're gonna do some superlative, or uh, we're gonna talk about the remaining free agents and then do some superlatives. Do you think you're a gamer? Do you think you got a gunny? Well, I promise you don't. And if any of you shitters think you're good at Halo, think again. 
legendary Twitch streamer and three-time back-to-back-to-back local LAN champion Fareed is accepting all Halo 1v1s. To get a match, DM him at FAR33D underscore on Twitter or follow at FAR33D on Twitch to put your skill to the test and probably lose whatever money you put up. Good luck. All right, everybody, we're back with the first official New York Knicks fan only podcast episode of yeah. the Balls Out feed. If you're not a Knicks fan, get the fuck out. Yeah, but keep listening. Sean, how you feeling as a Knicks fan right now? Feeling great. I think they had a pretty good off season. Kept Alec Burks. Kept Noel. Got Kemba. <laughs> got Kemba. <laughs> got Sean as a fan. Kept Derrick Rose. Yeah, pick, scooped Sean Janos. Big move. <laughs> so scooped Sean Janos. It's literally just a throw-in on the Kemba Walker deal, which is crazy. Yeah, right? I mean, I could amount to something, right? <laughs> right? Hey, he's only tw- he's only right? 23, folks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot of room to grow. Could still hit a growth spurt. <laughs> there's right? a high, there's a high ceiling, dude. Hey, apparently, yeah. uh, from what forty year old version says, your dick can grow until you're thirty, so it's still potential. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> there's reason to celebrate <laughs> now. All right. So before we move into the talk about the guys who are still unsigned, just a few more guys I want to mention. Like uh, Blake Griffin returning to the Nets, I think a deal. Congrats! They he was he was solid for them the last uh, last year. Still big name, still solid. Yep. Um. Oh, I love this one that the Suns made. Uh, campaign three years, nineteen mil. Seems like a real bargain. Huge under seventy year for He's, campaign is pretty great. Oh yeah, it seems like he was poised to earn himself. Upwards of ten after the great playoff run he had, and shown how valuable he can be to a contending team. Awesome job by the Suns to sink their teeth into him, dig their claws in, and keep him around. Um, especially with Chris Paul also under contract for a while, you never know how Father Time's going to treat someone like him. So, campaign could have to grow into that role over that the the duration of that contract. Yeah, that's facts. Um, I think. I just think I've been a fan of Cameron Payne for a while. And him getting that deal, pretty fantastic for the Suns, pretty fantastic for him considering he was playing overseas like a year ago. Oh, yeah. Another guy worth mentioning is Gary Trent Jr., three years, $54 million to stay with the Raptors, where he was traded last year at the deadline. Yes, and he was traded for Norman Powell, who got a pretty solid bag from yep. the Trailblazers. Oh, yeah, he got a bag. Five years, 90 mil. Yeah. A little hot little 18 mil a year for Norman Powell. I don't mind it. I mm-hmm. think Norman Powell, he's a pretty good shot creator. He's a pretty good shot maker. He's a pretty good defender. He's kind of just like a guy below star level that can kind of do everything. Honestly, I feel like Norman Powell compares decently to Evan Fournier. And I think he's so- a better defender. Sounds a lot like CJ McCollum. <laughs> well, I think CJ McCollum's way better than both of those guys. Uh, I think CJ McCollum's underrated at this point. I think to get CJ McCollum straight up for Ben Simmons would be pretty fucking good for the Sixers because before CJ McCollum was hurt last year, 
he was averaging like almost 30 a game on like 45% from three with like 12 attempts a game. Almost 30? That's crazy. Dude, he was putting up fucking insane numbers before he got hurt last year. And he was, before he got hurt, he was guaranteed to be an all-star. And then he got hurt and he was just out for too long where it wasn't going to happen. And then I think everybody kind of forgot what he was doing at the beginning of the year. But CJ McCollum came into last year balling. And I think that's the kind, like, I think he's still got it in him. I think if he's your lead guard, I think he's definitely got that in him. He averaged his most points per game for his career last year with 23 a game. That's impressive. And that was after, like, that was after being hurt for a while. Just gets better every year. Well, stick around, Dame, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, right, dude? You got a fucking pretty good partner right there next to you. Yeah, CJ McCollum's before he got hurt, he had 23 in the first game of the year, 44 in the second. Then it was 20, 25, 28, 28, fucking 37, 30, 28. Like he was putting up monster consistent. Yeah, just monster games like all the time. He didn't have a game under 20 until the game that he got hurt in, which was damn. Yeah, that was. 13 games into the season, so he was on a pretty good roll right there. Huh. Well, if he gets hurt again, now they have Norman Powell to fill the void. Congrats. <laughs> and motherfucker's still sleeping on CJ. Yeah. Let's let's touch on the Kings for a quick second. They signed Rashawn Holmes, four years, 55 mil. Um, he seemed like someone that could be on the move, so... I guess kudos to the Kings, who are probably going to continue to be bad on retaining the asset. <laughs> yeah. They decided to retain the asset with Rashawn Holmes, and they decided not to retain the asset with Bogdanovich last year. So <laughs> I, maybe they're learning. Maybe this is something. It's progress. <laughs> Growth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always linear. <laughs> and the last guy. I can't believe we didn't really talk about him. Derek Rose, three years, forty-three million with our Knicks. They kept oh, yeah. him. I'm, I'm about about it for Derek Rose's yeah. hair alone. I'm about it. Right, it's a little scary signing him for a three-year deal at his age with his injury history. But with the Kemba signing and with quickly also on coming off the bench, it's apparent that he won't be relied on for big minutes. He could probably mm-hmm. fill like that fifteen to twenty. Maybe twenty-five minutes a game, roll off the bench, score some points, put up twenty-some games. Yeah, I think Derrick Rose will be twenty to twenty-five off the bench uh, for minutes every game, and just efficient scoring, getting to the basket, hitting just fucking mid-range floaters, uh, threes. He'll just do. I think he'll do everything that he did for us last year, and maybe with another year in the system, he could be even better too, and maybe. With the confidence that he got from just being in the playoffs last year and leading the Knicks to that one playoff win, he might be even better. <laughs> so right. I'm, I'm about it with Derrick Rose. Plus, I think it's not only they signed him for his production, I think they just signed him because of the locker room presence that he is. And I think he's a really good mentor to the young guys at this point. Right. He's um, I think he's already a contender for best backup point guard to Kemba that he's ever had in his whole career, because let me tell you, Kemba's had no help off the bench at his position. Yeah, that's fucking facts, dude. It's been a rough go around for him. 
the best was probably Jeremy Lin in one season with the Hornets coming off the bench behind him. Jesus, dude, and that's far that's far past insanity at that point. Right, it was like one of those last seasons before he fizzled out of the league. Uh, that's disgusting. Yeah, I remember. Right. I remember how hype Boba was, and the Nets got Jeremy Lin, and then his first game with the Nets, he just like fucking blew out his knee so hard on the drive to the basket. Yeah, that me and Boba were watching. It was like, yeah, dude, it's just not gonna happen for Jeremy Lin anymore. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. So he's still unsigned. Um, speaking of guys that are also still unsigned. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> the big one. The best player in the free agency yep. market. Right. Um, he won't play next year, thanks to rehabilitating ACL surgery. But I'm sure the Clippers want to keep him around for when he comes back and they can contend again. I'm sure everybody knows that he's going to re-sign with the Clippers since everybody's spending all their cap space right now. But it would be funny if Kawhi right, was just like, yeah, if Kawhi was just like, you know what, I don't want to go back to the Clippers and everybody's now panicking over all the fucking shitty cap space that they spent. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe the Clippers are the only home that Kawhi has right now. <laughs> they might be the only ones with the ability to sign him now. Yeah, the the um another Clippers free agent is Reggie Jackson. He's still available. Yeah. They got they got Nicholas um, Batum back, but I mean, and he was important yep. to them. But uh, yeah, Reggie he played Jackson big minutes. He'll mm-hmm. they'll definitely need Batum next year with Kawhi sitting. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, so the, I like that <laughs> signing. They'll need they'll need old Portland Trailblazers Nick Batum with Kawhi sitting. <laughs> definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not Hornets Batum, and not even last year's Nick Batum on the Clippers. Hornets Batum had one good year where he tricked them into signing a big contract. <sighs> so devastating. Yeah. Um, another guy who remains a free agent is Dennis Schroeder. There were reports that the during the season the Lakers offered him like a, a four-year, eighty million dollar deal that's now off the table. That he did not accept he an extension. Blew that one to the maximum, dog. Yep. Now he's sitting out there, waiting for it, waiting for uh, the right offer, I guess. Well, what the fuck do you think? Do you think the Pelicans getting Devontae Graham for four years, forty-seven, is better? Like, is better than them getting Dennis Schroeder for whatever deal they could get him on? I think getting Dennis Schroeder would be better than Devontae Graham. Yeah, the Graham deal is a little baffling. It's, I don't quite understand it's it. Very he's, suspect. He's small. He's like a he's a bench guard. They need a starting guard. Yep. Then they basically paid him to. They got. I mean, they they paid him like kind of backup point guard money, but I mean, they paid him a mm-hmm. little more than backup point guard money. I would say. Right, and I think he sits atop the depth chart as it stands. <laughs> yeah, which is really scary. So. Yeah. Um. If these these rumblings from Zion's camp that he's unhappy are true, and they're doing next to nothing in free agency to try to keep him happy, dude, how great is this I for wonder, Knicks fans, bro? How great is it for us? Yeah, I mean, 
the Knicks win that lottery, draft Zion. Seems like they did. They would have done enough to keep him around, even though him and Randall kind of play the same position and have the same body. Hey, man, we don't need to draft him. We'll just sign him outright in free agency in two years. It'll be fucking easy. We didn't need to waste a draft. Didn't need to waste a draft pick. <laughs> It'd be absolutely nuts if he foregoes his rookie extension because no one does that. Nobody does that. It'd be cool if he ended up back on the Knicks too with RJ. And then RJ Barrett. Oh, that would be cool. RJ Barrett still acting like he's the best player on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps the blinders on in crunch time. <laughs> God, that'd be fucking sick. Nah, RJ Barrett's learning, dude. He's playing with Julius Randle. He's known. He knows what's good now. Oh yeah. Um, the last guy, Kelly Oubre, the consensus handsomest player in the league, and he still remains a free agent. Still unsigned by a team. Still signed. At the fucking very top in permanent marker at the top of our handsomest <laughs> player lists. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he had a down year with the Warriors that he wasn't exactly what they expected him to be. Mm hmm. But his skill set would fit most places. I'm actually pretty surprised that he's unsigned. Me too. I also think it was a tough situation for him with the Warriors last year because just contrary to how the Warriors have been for a long time. They just did not have a lot of shooting. So, a guy like Kelly Oubre, who's already not a good shooter and kind of needs to play in more open space, it, just his, I think his negatives were more compounded than anything else. So what teams still need a, a wing that can lock up that would like to give Oubre a deal, do you think? He'll probably fucking end up with the Lakers, dude. <laughs> Why not at this point? <laughs> Everybody's just gonna do it. I think uh, I think Kelly Oubre on the Mavericks would be pretty good. Hmm. Even though they still have uh, Dorian Finney-Smith resigned, uh, Hardaway Jr. and signed Bullock. Yeah, I just don't know if Kelly Oubre is gonna be a starting guy at this point. So he might have to accept the bench role wherever he goes. Uh, he could be a good fit on the Nuggets also. True. As a as a bench guy, as a bench wing, and just like a defensive stopper wing. Mm -hmm. Him and Jeff Green. Yeah, they could be pretty fun. Right. Uh, we should also we should just bring up just because of how crazy it is the level of suck he's getting. But Taylor Horan Tucker getting a three year, thirty two <laughs> million dollar deal with the Lakers. This is a guy that's. He's played two years in the league so far. He averaged nine points a game last year, then was under thirty percent from a three. And they just and he was the forty sixth pick in the draft two years ago. And they just committed <laughs> over ten million dollars a year to him. So uh, fucking congratulations to the Lakers for getting bamboozled by just all the hype that he's been getting by every fucking suck boy out there and blogs and Laker fandom. I don't. Can you? Do you know what position he plays? I don't fucking know. He's like Josh Hart. He's like a pudgy guard. Is he a two or is he like a four? I don't know anything about him besides the fact that he was like the only young guy the Lakers really still had. So everybody was just sucking him off, and because he put up like twenty five in preseason or something, and then people were just like, <laughs> "Oh, this guy's gonna be the man." Meanwhile, like Kuzma lit it up in fucking preseason too, and like. Yeah, didn't Denzel Valentine win a preseason MVP? 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. Frank Nilakina probably <laughs> averaged over ten points a game with the Knicks during preseason. <laughs> so I, what I wouldn't overreact to preseason two. I would not sign Taylor Horton Tucker to a fucking contract more than five million a year. So we'll see how that fucking goes for the Lakers. I think he's by far the youngest player on the team right now, right? He's 20. I think if you exclude him, the average age on the team is like 34. Yeah, well, I mean, him and Malik Monk and Kendrick Nunn, they're all youngsters. Oh, yeah, true. I forgot about Monk. And Nunn, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are the young guys, and he got AD at like 28. Yep. And then Marcus a bunch of guys in their mid. <laughs> Marcus all at three hundred and seventy. Uh, <laughs> I think Melo's Mello, the oldest at thirty-seven. Yeah, dude, Melo's grinding. The elder statesman out here. He's gonna talk some fucking wisdom into LeBron, dude. Tell him how to win a championship. <laughs> <laughs> a college championship. Right, and maybe Kemba will do that with the Knicks too. Yeah. Experience right there. Um, last guy we kind of touched on a little bit, Laurie Markinen. He's an interesting player. Oh yeah, uh, I like Laurie Markinen. Uh, I thought he was the man when he got drafted by the Bulls. I thought he was the man after his first year, and then he's kind of just faded to obscurity since. They seem to yeah. they seem to not really give a fuck about him on the Bulls whatsoever. So I hope he goes to a situation that can utilize him. He's gone the way of Dragon Bender. Yeah, which is very sad. Yeah, you don't want to pull a Dragon Bender ever. No. Yeah, it's like his ceiling was Kristaps and his floor was Bargnani. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely leaning way more towards Bargnani right now, which means the Knicks will probably trade a first-round pick for him and then sign him to an <laughs> exorbitant contract. Uh, yeah, so those are the guys who remain free agents that are of note. Now let's get into some superlatives. So um, who we think were the best and worst signings. So, Zach, I'll let you go first. Who is the best free agent signing of the last three days? Okay. The best free agent signing. Take everything into account. Talent, fit, team, uh, value, like dollar amount, length. Yeah. Everything. I would say... (laughs) I mean, maybe I'm biased, dude, but... The Knicks getting Kemba for fucking... Fuck! I, I wanted to say this one. <laughs> the Knicks getting Kemba as a bio guy for like 8 million? If Kemba can return to near all-star form, that's an insane steal right there. If he can average like 20 a game. If he can average 20 a game, that's fucking ridiculous. And Max yeah. Kellerman has the fucking... First off, has the tiny brain, and then second off, the fucking audacity <laughs> to say that Kemba doesn't raise the Knicks' ceiling. If Kemba's an all-star oh, player, off, Max. then you're a fucking idiot, because we were starting Alfred Payton last year, so I think <laughs> just about anybody raises the ceiling over that. Uh, a dummy. Yeah, Kemba's the one I would say, though, because if Kemba is... 
nearly as good as he was in any of his All-Star years, then he makes the Knicks such a better team. And if I could drop an honorable mention, this is one that I was leading to, and it's just, it's it's such a weird one, because it's just, I guess I'm choosing two one-year deals, maybe, if that's what the Kemba one is, but... I really think the fucking Bruce Brown deal is insanely good for the Nets. The fact that they got I agree. back at $4.7 million for a guy that played actually such a crucial role for them the entire year is wild. I think he played 45 minutes in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah dude. He was playing basically on offense. He was playing center for them like for large stretches of the entire year. And was doing every yeah, Bruce Brand, was doing Bruce everything the they fucking asked of him. I think maybe yeah, I think that's a great deal. Yeah, he might have dropped his overall contract value just <laughs> on that one game that he decided to take the like game winning shot <laughs> against the Bucks. Yeah, what the fuck? If he had, if Bruce Brown hadn't done like that play, if that play had just never happened, he'd be getting like four years, fifty million from a team right now. <laughs> but now everybody thinks he's too impulsive. I'm surprised that KD didn't uh, blacklist him after that. <laughs> yeah, right. Just get him out of the league. Dude. Block him on all of his burner accounts. <laughs> See you, dude. You're gonna play in fucking Israel. <laughs> all right, I'm. Gonna have to agree that the Kemba signing is the best one. I was definitely gonna go with that one. Yeah, that's good sur- shit. I thought I thought you were totally gonna pick the Rosen. I, w- I wanted to pick the Rosen, but the Kemba one is so juicy, so juicy. It's so low risk, outstandingly high reward. Exactly. It's like that. You can't have a better signing than that. No. This guy. This guy was All NBA three years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. So, who do you think was the worst signing? We might also agree on this one. I would say the worst signing. Uh, I'm leaning towards Jared Allen. Yep, that's exactly what I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I'm really leaning towards Jared Allen. Um, I think... That's probably just gonna have to be it. Uh, it's either for me, it's either Jared Allen or Devonte Graham. But I think uh, mm-hmm. Devonte Graham, as bad as that one is, at least it's only like eleven to twelve million a year. Jared Allen for twenty million a year is fucking despicable to me. In a league where right. if you're gonna pay a center big money, then it better be Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or one of the other guys that can potentially be an all-star for you. Now Jared Allen's going to be making $20 million a year with uh, literally zero chance of making the all-star team. Right. I think, yeah, with Devontae Graham, he at least has a higher ceiling. He's still young and developing. Showing an offensive skill set. These are all things that you cannot say about. I guess Jared Allen's still young and somewhat developing, but he kind of seems like he is who he is at this point. Yeah. He seems like he's going to be a rim-running center at his best. Right, and what's the ceiling on that? You know, Clint Cabela, basically Clint Cabela. Exactly, yeah. And and he's already making more money than Clint Cabela. Yep. So for the next five years. For the next five years. So I don't know what the market was with what other guys were potentially going to pay Jared Allen five years, a hundred mil, but 
That seems like a complete overpay. Nobody. Right who, who are they bidding against? I don't think anybody is swooping in for that. No. All right. Next superlative. The the team that had the best free agency and the team that had the worst free agency. Period. All right. You want me to go first? Um. Sure. I think we're probably gonna agree on this one too. I think. Uh. It, it actually, I mean, it sucks ass, but I think the Lakers have the best free agency. Oh, we don't agree, really? I think they might have. Uh, if you, well, do you count the Westbrook trade in free agency? Because I guess it probably can't go through until free agency, technically. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll count it. They got Westbrook, they got Malik Monk, they got Kendrick Nunn, they got Mello, they got. Who else? Trevor Reza and fucking what's his Dwight name? Dwight Howard. Dwight. They got Dwight Howard back, who showed that he can play a good role with them. And they got uh, Ken Bazemore. Yep. Wait a minute. They also signed Taylor Horn Tucker to that deal, so maybe I can, <laughs> maybe I can't choose them. Oh, and they got. Did you say Wayne Ellington too? And Wayne Out Al- Beef Wellington, dude. They got fucking Beef, Beef Wellington. Uh, yeah, the Lakers, I would say, yeah, I, I'm going to say the Lakers. They, the team is fucking weird with, the team was really weird with Westbrook and LeBron and Davis, and they were basically, they were like over the cap at that point. But I think they did such a solid job of filling the team out around them with just veterans that can shoot and guys that can play. And I think guys that will, without a doubt, just fit in around LeBron and will listen to LeBron, I think they fucking probably had the best... They probably had the best free agency, in my opinion. So, what do you like about this team that makes them different from last year's Lakers team? Besides the fact that LeBron and AD are healthy this year. Well, LeBron and AD are healthy this year. I think as flawed of a player as Russell Westbrook I said is. besides that. <laughs> so Le- LeBron and Davis <laughs> are healthy. Let's not forget to mention that. Um, All right. <laughs> just point. in case. Uh, I, Westbrook, as flawed of a player he is, he definitely raises the overall ceiling of the team, I would say. Just because he can channel superstar energy at points, and he's still averaging a triple-double. He's still putting up fucking monster numbers. Uh, and I think, I actually think some of their low key, like their smaller signings were the best ones. Like I think getting Malik Monk is really huge for them. I think he could be a guy that actually starts on this team and fucking nails threes and really ups his value big time. And I think Kendrick, mm-hmm. I think Kendrick Nunn is a huge signing for them too. Cause I think, I mean, we know that Kendrick Nunn started for the heat the past two years. They, he was starting for the heat when they went to the finals before his injury. He's a really good mm-hmm. young player. Getting those guys at least adds to like a decent little young core that you can have too. And I think those are guys that can actually play real minutes. And those are both huge upside signings in my in my brain. Huge upside signings right there. And then mm-hmm. some of the other guys they have just as complimentary pieces. Like Wayne Ellington is just a shooter. He can play a little bit of defense. Trevor Reza can do play a little bit of defense. He can shoot. Mello can score the ball. Uh, Trevor Reza is old as fuck. Mello can score the yeah, ball. Yeah, I feel like Reza hasn't been relevant in the last couple of years. Yeah, he's pretty washed. 
but maybe for like five minutes he can play. And and Mel Enough time for LeBron to get a sip of water. Yeah, exactly. Ken Bazemore they shot over forty percent from three last year. Mello definitely still got it. And especially still if he's got it. if he's playing with LeBron, dude, it's just bro city. They're gonna be fucking that's gonna be extreme connection right there. So, right. And I feel like Dwight Dwight's uh season with the Lakers two years ago was the best we've seen out of him in a long time. Yeah. So maybe maybe that fit is just kind of a match made in heaven between the two between the uh, the team and the player. Yeah. So I think the Lakers have I think they have more depth now this year than <laughs> already than they even did last year, which is weird. And their ceiling is higher mm-hmm. with Russell Westbrook than it is with Dennis Schroeder. So I think this Lakers team is going to be pretty fucking crazy good. Right. So. The team that I thought you were going to pick, and the team that I'm going to pick, is the Chicago Bulls. Nice. Yeah, they had an awesome free agency period. They uh, The sign-in trade for DeMar was good in my book. Some people are calling it an overpay. I am not. Maybe. I think he's still a very talented player. Maybe it's because I have you in my ear every week. But I think DeMar still has a lot to contribute to a really good team. And I think the Lonzo Ball signing was really good. They won the ball sweepstakes. Uh, his name was tied to them throughout the season, throughout uh, pre-free agency, pre-agency we'll call it, and he fits really well next to Zach Levine, and he um, does a lot of things, he he has a complementary skill set, he plays defense, he can play on or off the ball, which is important because Levine needs the ball. Mm-hmm. And he keeps it moving. These are all things that we said about him last week. He's just a, a phenomenal player in his role. Yep. Yeah, I think the Bulls did a fucking fantastic job. Uh, I think... I mean, yeah, the Bulls did a fucking really good job. In terms of just all the guys that they got to improve their team for this year, they were definitely one of the top teams. I think... The Lakers were already at championship levels, and I think they just bolstered it, and that's probably what got it. What got it for me? I think I'm just so fucking kind of overwhelmed by what the Lakers did because it's just been craziness. Yeah, it would have been boring if we both picked the same team. Like we picked the same players for best worst signing. I feel like we may pick uh, the same team for the worst team in free agency. Also, the. Did you? Are you also picking the New Orleans Pelicans? I'm also picking the New Orleans Pelicans. <laughs> yeah, dude. What the fuck are they doing? They're they're trying. They have a to... generational talent in Zion, and it seems like they're actively forcing him out of town. They're literally chasing him out of fucking New Orleans, dude. They're trying to fucking hand him a Knicks jersey right now. They like accidentally won the lottery, and they're like, "Fuck, we were planning on being terrible." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, how do we sabotage this with, like, one of the best young players the game has ever seen? Yeah, they let AD walk, and they're like, phew, finally, we got rid of all the talent. Then then Brandon Ingram explodes, they're like, oh, shit, Lonzo Ball ends up being really good. They're like, oh, fuck, I thought we got fleeced by the Lakers, what the hell? And then they win the lottery, and they're like, damn it, now we have to pick Zion? Yeah, they gotta be trading Brandon Ingram next. That's the only move that makes sense for them right now, to just fully blow it up. Yeah. They have to do everything they can to actively become terrible. They're like, ah, oh, let's win the next lottery and squander another superstar talent. 
Well, their starting backcourt is essentially right now Devontae Graham and Thomas Sedaransky, which are two guys that shouldn't start on any team in the league. Ew! <laughs> so, <laughs> that's fucking disgusting. And then, I mean, we'll, it, I guess it'll be counted in free agency because the deals also probably can't happen until now. But trading Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and a pick for Valanchunas, who's on an expiring deal, and then they also traded a pick in the Devontae Graham deal. And they have a million fucking picks because of the Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday trades, but it seems like right now all they're doing is using their picks to get off bad contracts that they signed themselves for the most part. Do you think they're just begging Portland for Dame? Uh, Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the deal with signing Devontae Graham. Maybe it's like trying to get more salaries to match up and shit like that. But and I like I act, I like the Valanciunas fit there a lot better than Stephen Adams because even though Valanciunas is not a really proven three point shooter, he can at least space it out to like the further mid range decent enough where he can get those looks and knock them down. He's a pretty good passer too. So him and Zion, yeah, you can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, I think him and Zion can work decently, but. That's also an expiring deal right there, too. So are you trying to re-sign Valanciunas to a longer deal, or are you just going to let him walk to free up cap space for what? Another fucking shitty deal like Devontae Graham? I don't get it. Yeah, good luck convincing anyone to come to New Orleans. When Zion's going to leave in a year anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, bad job, New Orleans. Bad job. Boo. Bad job by you, New Orleans. Bad on you. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, good city though, just bad basketball team. Yeah, never been. I've been to Netherlands once. Pretty good coach. I have so much bat I'm such a talented basketball player, they probably just forced me out the second I step foot. That was exactly it. They heard you were trying to take a vacation there and they're like, dude, if anybody sees him playing like a pickup game here, they're gonna try and make us sign him and we can't fucking deal with that. We can't have talent on this roster. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, we kicked the tires pretty fucking hard on this uh, free agency period here. Yeah, I think we exhausted NBA free agency at this point <laughs> as to what's happened. Is there anyone else you'd like to talk about? Uh, like Abdel Nader or Gorgie Dang, Mike Muscala? I did see. David Nwaba? No, I did see a really good contract. Um before. I think it might have been. Oh, there it is. The Pelicans. Dude. Didi Luzada? Did you see that? A four-year deal with New Orleans? <laughs> I've never seen or heard that name before in my entire life. I've also never heard that name before either, so I can't believe that a four-year deal was struck with this guy. <laughs> that seemingly that's also what the pelicans are doing that's what the fuck dude high upside moves brother high upside moves he'll they'll turn a guy that nobody's ever heard of into a guy that people have only heard of because of a bad contract so upside there what the hell crazy all right fucking dd <laughs> that's yeah that's pretty much it for me i think dd lozada takes the cake Oh, here's a cool one. Robin Lopez to Orlando. He's right next to Disney World. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's good for Robin Lopez content. 
Yeah, dude. He, you know, he's obsessed with Disney. I didn't know that actually. I get that's probably why he signed. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Brooke, they they have like they always get the season pass and they go together all the time. It's actually quite adorable. That's awesome. I, don't, I can't. <laughs> I can't imagine they can ride, like, most of the rides at seven feet. Honestly, what do they do? They probably just go and flex out all the mascots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Robin just... Lopez goes in, they're like, oh, they collabed with the Simpsons, Sideshow Bob's here. <laughs> they just put him in a fucking headlock <laughs> take him down. Well, didn't, uh, weren't the Bucks... Well, the Bucks, when Robin Lopez was on the team, they were doing that, like, crazy pregame stuff where, like, him and Brooke would fuck with the mascots all the time. So maybe that's what him and Brooke are just going to Disney World to do, is just fuck with all the people in costumes. (laughs) Just going... Just fucking (laughs) pushing Daffy, or Donald Duck around? Just trying to host WrestleMania in fucking Disney World. (laughs) That's hilarious. Oh, shit, I didn't see that the Knicks got uh, re-signed Taj Gibson. I wish you didn't say it. <laughs> Why, dude? He's a Tibbs guy. Tibbs needs to have his guys. You know we, this. We don't need Taj Gibson anymore. He can get the fuck out of here, dude. We need Obi He's Toppin. a veteran presence. We need Obi to He's get more presence at this point. We have enough big men. <laughs> but he can mentor Obi without playing. Ideally. Yeah, ideally. And then he's going to end up fucking starting and playing like 28 minutes a game because <laughs> it's Tibbs coaching. That's actually fact. i got to see what Taj Gibson averaged last year for minutes and then make myself you, real sad before bed. While you do that, I'm going to mention that the Spurs got Bryn Forbes back. He's coming home. Back to pop. Oh, that's huge. Uh, do you think Taj Gibson averaged... Is it huge? <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a filler answer. <laughs> Do you think Taj Gibson averaged over or under 20 minutes a game this past year? There's no way it was over, dude, really. It was 20.8. <laughs> he averaged just, oh, yeah. just over hell? 20 minutes a game at 35 years old. And they got the four seed. I mean, fuck, what do I know? What do we know? Yeah, you know what? Direct correlation, Taj Gibson. <laughs> Playing over 20 minutes to the Knicks succeeding. Oh, a lot of that has to do with Mitchell Robinson being hurt for the majority of the year, though. That's why I don't want Dash Gibson re-signed. It's as simple as that. If Mitchell Robinson's going to be back, and if we're paying Nerlens Noel over 10 million, like 10 million a year, then we don't need Taj Gibson anymore. Fair. Because there's he can't play the four. He can't fucking play the four if Mitchell Robinson or Nerlens Noel is out there. Whatever he signed for two point seven million. He's he's filling out the roster. Yeah, I know. Fuck. Still, I was just hoping he'd be gone. Well, we can't end on that note, can we? Uh, no. We should mention. Let's just let's just say. That Steph got a four-year, $215 million contract. Steph Curry will be making, like, $50 million a year. Until he dies. Basically. And you know what? When, when's his current contract up? Uh, like, I feel a, like he's signing those extensions so far in advance. I know, but it's a four-year extension, so I think it must be he must have a year left right now. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was only signed through next season. Okay, yeah. So he got, and <laughs> what is he getting paid next season? Uh, forty-five million. Holy shit, status raking it in, dude. Yeah, dude. So this contract will take him up until his age thirty-seven season. He's going into his age thirty-three. And that's one that we're not even like, oh, Steph at fifty million a year at age thirty-seven. It's just like, yeah, whatever. He'll still be shooting it's like probably, forty-five probably percent still... from three. Yeah, he still probably won't be even as bad as Seth Curry is at his best. Fucking owned. Get fucked, Seth. <laughs> not saying Seth's bad, but he's just not Steph. Do you think when they go out to dinner, Steph's just like, hey, you know what, bud? Let me pick up the check tonight, like every single time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That'd be. Uh, if, if Steph makes Seth pay a dime, he's a bad brother. <laughs> yeah, right. If I was Seth, I would just be like, dude, I'm ordering the most expensive thing on the menu every time. <laughs> Fuck you, bro. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm getting a bottle of wine to myself. I'm getting fucking sloshed here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's end on that one. That's much better than Todd Gibson. Yeah, don't you don't need you can cut that out. You don't need to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- thank you all for listening to episode ten, our free agency edition of Balls Out. Um, keep on listening, keep on subscribing, keep on telling everyone you know about us. Uh, Zach, is there anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Ten episodes, baby, double digits. We fucking made it. <laughs> yes, we did. Made it to the big time. Just reiterate what you said. Keep on keep on shouting us out. Keep on telling your friends. Keep on telling your family. Anybody you know. Let's get the fucking listens up. And we did a little quick little quick turnover between our last recordings. Not a lot of time for Venmos. Let's get the Venmos up, people. Let's get it going. Yeah, that's true. This was a dry episode Venmo wise. I'm guess I'm not eating this week, so <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> No, you're not eating like fucking Jared Allen's eating, bro. <laughs> oh, God. That's so sad. <laughs> well, and he's got such a nice afro. And he's got such a nice afro. Fuck! <laughs> yeah, you know how LeBron commits a million dollars a year to his body? <laughs> a million dollars a year for Jared the afro? <laughs> At least a million. At least a million just in fucking gel. Got me. Yeah, he's going to... It's gonna come in next season with platinum tips, <laughs> with just like a little diamond stud at the end of every strand of hair <laughs> sticking up in the afro. Yeah, dude, the way the stadium lights would catch those diamonds would be crazy. Oh my god, it might make the contract worth it. Might. <laughs> yeah, bring some glitz and glamour to Cleveland. <laughs> they need it big time. <laughs> Alright guys, we're signing off. Thanks so much for listening. Love you guys. Thanks again everybody. Love you.